Welcome to The Bid, where we break down what's happening in the markets and explore the forces changing investing. I'm your host, Oscar Polito. We're continuing our mini-series on megatrends, the long-term forces shaping our future. On our last episode, we talked about emerging global wealth, particularly in China. Today, we're covering technological breakthroughs through the lens of electric and self-driving vehicles. The way we're hitting the road is changing. Sales of electric vehicles hit a record high in 2020. And right now, there are about 1,400 self-driving cars in the U.S., with over 80 companies testing their potential. The usage of both electric and autonomous vehicles is expected to grow exponentially over the next few decades. So today, we're talking to a company that's spearheading this growth, Cruise, a self-driving car company founded in 2013. We'll speak to Will Arujo, Director of Autonomous Vehicle Development at Cruise, about the transformation of autonomous and electric vehicles over the past decade, how cities and technology have shifted as a result, and how long he believes it'll be until we all have our hands off the wheel. Will, thank you so much for joining us today on The Bid. Thanks, Oscar. Excited to be here today. So to start, tell us about Cruise and maybe more specifically, what is your role at the company? Yeah, definitely. So Cruise is a self-driving company. We're based in San Francisco and we're building an all-electric, self-driving rideshare and delivery service. We're backed by General Motors, Honda, Microsoft, Walmart, SoftBank, and others. And our mission is to deliver a safer, cleaner, more efficient transportation alternative. And we believe that self-driving cars, when deployed at scale, have the potential to save millions of lives, to reduce emissions, and to reshape our physical environment. And also to give people billions of hours back and to restore freedom of movement. But right now at Cruise, we're focused on rapidly developing the technology. And I support that goal by leading the Autonomous Vehicle Development Organization, or call ourselves AVDEV, within Cruise's hardware department. And my organization is responsible for managing some of our new vehicle builds and integrating new technologies into our fleet. We are also designing custom hardware for calibrating our sensors across Cruise's growing vehicle portfolio. So that includes a Cruise Origin, which is a purpose-built electric autonomous vehicle. And we also work in collaboration with GM. My team's lead vehicle testing programs. We conduct technical deep dives, and we do root cause analyses to ensure safety and reliability across Cruise's fleets. So we work both across the company and with our external partners to achieve Cruise's vision. So how has the autonomous vehicle market evolved over the past decade since Cruise was founded? And maybe tell us a little bit about the technological advancements that have gotten us here. Right now, we're actually at a really interesting inflection point as the AV industry really shifts from R&D and towards commercialization. We've always said at Cruise that it'll take three things to emerge as a leader in this industry. Number one is billions of dollars in capital. Number two is engineering talent. And number three is deep integration with an automaker, or two in our case. And very few AV companies have these resources and attributes, which is leading to some inevitable consolidation in the market as a few leaders start emerging ahead of the rest. This past year was especially critical as the pandemic showed us firsthand the urgency of our mission. Roads were cleared of traffic when shelter-in-place went into effect. In San Francisco, the roads really cleared out around here. But human drivers got faster and more reckless. And despite the temporary reprieve from the smog that typically blankets our skylines, 
the West Coast was gripped by the worst wildfires in recent history. Hurricanes racked the East Coast. And in the year when drivers got worse, crews actually got closer to achieving our superhuman performance. Last November, we actually began fully driverless testing in San Francisco as a small but very significant step toward our all-electric shared self-driving vision. So you've touched on the public automakers now a couple of times. That seems like an important partner to have on your side. But should we be surprised that they're embracing this transition to electric and autonomous vehicles? Yeah, that's a great question. And we're seeing it across the entire industry right now. It seems like every other week an automaker is coming out and talking about their vision for the electric feature. But I know that from the beginning, GM has kind of embraced this very early on. There was the EV1 way back, and then more recently, the Chevy Bolt EV. And so we actually built Cruise's first production AV off of that Chevy Bolt. So it's actually a modified electric vehicle that's on the road now that that we're using and we're testing with. So I think we're just going to see more and more of this. You know, automakers are going to continue to embrace an electric future and a vision for that. And we're going to see autonomous come more and more into play as well, like kind of different levels within those automakers and within some of their products. But that's a very, very different product than what Cruise is focusing on. You know, we're focusing on a ground-up purpose-built vehicle, very different from sort of some of the advancements we're seeing with some of the automakers. And so it's important to note, cruise vehicles are electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles at the same time. Now, I know I can go buy an electric vehicle. I don't think I can actually go and buy a self-driving vehicle, at least not yet. But Will, tell us about how the technology for autonomous vehicles is actually already in the existing car fleet. I'll take a quick step back and share a perspective on this. And, you know, I think about one of the older vehicles that I had early on. I think about my old 2000 Hyundai Elantra that had just basic cruise control. And what that enabled me to do in that vehicle was stay at a constant speed. And so I'd stay maybe right under the speed limit or maybe a couple of notches over and set the vehicle to that and it would maintain that speed, right? And if you hit the brake, the cruise control would disengage. And so what we see with automakers, they've incrementally advanced that technology over time. GM has one of the, I think, the best versions of that technology out there right now in GM Super Cruise. So in addition to just maintaining the constant speed, it now has radar-based cruise control or distance-based cruise control. So based on the speed of the vehicle in front of you, your vehicle will adjust based on that, right? And so they're adding more and more features that are incremental improvements on that cruise control type of technology. Now, what Cruise is doing, we're doing something that's completely different. What we're doing is we're building a ground-up, purpose-built vehicle that is 100% focused on being autonomous. And why that's different is we're assuming from the very beginning, from the initial steps of our design, that there is not going to be a human in the loop. So you don't need to do things like monitor for the human in the vehicle. So the GM technology and the way that works is that they're actually monitoring your eye gaze and ensuring that you're paying attention to the road. In cruise vehicles, we're not expecting anyone to ever be behind the wheel. And in fact, the origin is designed without a wheel to begin with. And so I can think about a couple of benefits of having an autonomous vehicle. Presumably, there's less accidents on the road. I probably have more time in the vehicle itself to do other things if I'm not driving it. And then if I think about there's people who maybe don't know how to drive or don't have a car. And so a cruise vehicle would get them places they need to go. What are some of the other benefits that we're not thinking about that autonomous vehicles can bring? 
I think it's going to be a real game changer for society. And I think that's one of the things that's most exciting for everybody working at Cruise and working in this industry in general. We're living currently with an unacceptable reality where there are over 40,000 road fatalities every year in the U.S. alone. Air pollution in cities is, I think in some cases, as bad for you as smoking 20 cigarettes a day, according to a recent study from the University of Washington. And the average person in San Francisco actually spends more time in traffic these days every year than on vacation. And so all electric AVs are really going to rewrite this reality. But the best part of that impact is already happening, actually. The industry, we tend to focus on a future state but with fleets already testing on the road, every AV company has the potential to make an impact in their communities now. Cruise has joined the Pledge 1% commitment, and we've actually already delivered over a million meals in San Francisco here. And so in addition to the fact that our fleet is all electric, we're actually reducing the carbon footprint and cleaning up our environment. Well, I definitely want to spend less time in traffic, more time on vacation. You touched on air pollution and that one of the positive benefits, presumably, of a move towards electric and autonomous vehicles is less of that. So I have to ask you, climate change, it's a topic that we're talking about every day. How do electric and autonomous vehicles help tackle the climate crisis? Yeah, so this is super exciting for me, especially because I spent a lot of time early in my career working in environmental policy. And Reducing and ultimately reversing the impacts of climate change is why Cruise has chosen from day one to operate an all-electric fleet. You know, transportation is responsible for over 40% of greenhouse gas emissions. And rough calculations show that the AV industry in California alone drove about 1.99 million miles in 2020. This is according to the California DMV stats that recently came out. And half of these miles were driven by hybrid or gas-powered AVs. In Cruise's case, actually, we're proud that the 770,049 autonomous miles that Cruise drove in California last year in 2020 were powered by 100% renewable energy. And, you know, we feel if the whole industry made these sorts of commitments, we could really have a meaningful reduction in the collective carbon footprint right now in just the test miles that we're driving. Obviously, in the future, this is going to expand exponentially. I think safer, cleaner, more affordable transportation means that more people can travel within a city. There's more access to transportation. It opens up new economic possibilities, better connecting people with the jobs and resources they need, alleviating congestion, it gridlocks a city and ties up a lot of people's time. And then all the while, like we said, offsetting the CO2 emissions that we're breathing in every day. So we believe that by making zero emission rides available and affordable for everyone, we can help. San Francisco, California, and our country meet their ambitious climate goals. Will, I'm picturing one of these autonomous vehicles. It's basically a big supercomputer. And that raises the question, are there any cybersecurity risks? Is there actually a risk that the car takes you somewhere where you didn't want to go? Yeah, it's a really good question, Oscar. AVs are one of the foremost examples of IoT. And I think our approach to security is much like overall tech. You know, it should always be improving. It's not just a box to check. And for us, the best way to have a really good and safe system is to have a good offense. And security is integrated into our entire stack. It's not sort of a bolt-on afterthought here where you build a car and then make it secure. And one of the fun things, actually, you might be aware of this, Oscar, that a few years ago, there was a famous hack where a couple of hackers, they hacked into a Jeep and they're able to control it remotely. And that was a super scary moment for the industry to think about that. And obviously, we're 
aware that that happened. And we went out and we actually hired those hackers, Charlie and Chris. And they've been working with us for many years now. And they're the ones who are attempting to hack into cruises systems and finding the vulnerabilities. And so we're constantly improving and we have some of the best talent in the world that's doing that. That's a very intelligent recruiting strategy that I think will hopefully yield you some good results. Let me ask you about another question with respect to maybe potential vulnerabilities, which is having recently almost run out of gas driving around town and feeling that terrible feeling of anxiety. Is there not a challenge of having enough infrastructure to support the charging of electric vehicles? That's a great question, Oscar. And I think studies show right now that 88 out of the top 100 U.S. cities have less than half the necessary charging infrastructure needed to handle electrification at scale. So we believe we can do better and we believe we can lead by example and starting right here in our hometown of San Francisco. And by doing this, we're helping move the market here and easing the adoption for industry as a whole. You know, what we're doing back in February, Cruise actually filed a project application to build a facility that'll serve as a research and development center for us and commercial operations center. And it's going to be one of the largest electric vehicle charging stations in North America. And so it's going to help power our all-electric shared and zero emissions future. And importantly, too, this facility will include two charging ports free for public use, which will help further extend access to EVs. So we think that by continuing to invest and make these large infrastructure investments in charging, helping be a leader in that space, this is something we can tackle together. But it's going to be a challenge for sure. And when we think about the electric vehicle and autonomous vehicle space, I mean, you've mentioned San Francisco, but part of that is that's obviously where Cruise was founded. That's sort of your home market. But I think this is a global industry, right? Yeah, so San Francisco remains our first launch destination overall for EV deployment. In addition to that, though, Cruise certainly has global ambitions. And last year, we acquired a radar company based in Munich, and we've been integrating their technology and their team into Cruise. So it's been really exciting working with that team. We have a partnership with Honda. And most recently, we announced some of our plans to go international and specifically into Dubai. Dubai shares our vision for the future of transportation and sees the innovative solutions that self-driving technology can unlock for safety, mobility, and congestion in cities. And Dubai is leading the way in developing a forward-thinking regulatory framework that will allow for safe deployment of vehicles like the cruise origin. And this agreement is actually the first of its kind in the world between a government entity and a developer of self-driving vehicle technology. It's a major step forward in Dubai's self-driving transport strategy, which is aimed at converting 25% of total trips in Dubai into self-driving transport trips across different modes of transportation by 2030. So the Roads and Transport Authority there will work with Cruise to develop a framework for safely launching the origin. Again, that's Cruise's purpose-built all-electric self-driving shared vehicle, which we unveiled last year in San Francisco. And we plan to begin operations in Dubai in 2023 with the goal of scaling up as many as 4,000 origin vehicles by the end of the decade. So it's super exciting in terms of getting our product out there internationally. So you've painted a great picture about the efficiencies that autonomous vehicles bring, the use of renewable energy, but what are some of the misconceptions that people still have to overcome? I have to imagine that you know, you're talking about decades worth of people driving their own cars using a steering wheel. I think you said that cruise vehicles don't have a steering wheel. So what are still some of those hills that you're trying to overcome with skeptics? Yeah, I mean, look, the industry has experienced a fair share of hype, but it's important to remember that this is an incredible technical challenge and a safety critical one at that. 
but a solvable one. And with breakthroughs across AI, across hardware, across robotics and beyond, you know, the promise of AVs is coming now. I think there's been a longstanding debate on city testing versus suburban testing. And the reality is that all miles are not created equal. City testing, where Cruise focuses a majority of our work and where we have historically as well, it's a critical strategy in solving the AV challenge and achieving superhuman performance. You know, we test every day in the complex urban environment of San Francisco, and this gives us a dramatic increase in the rate of learning that we have with our autonomous vehicles. In fact, we run a large fleet in the city almost 24-7 every day, and what really matters is the complexity that we experience when we're driving those miles. So, for example, we see construction areas and emergency vehicles up to 40 times more frequently in San Francisco compared to our testing in the Phoenix area. So we gain just tremendous value from these types of city miles. And so by solving these hardest problems first, we're able to not only build an EV that can handle both the mundane and unpredictable elements of self-driving, but we're also able to scale faster. And I think that's going to give us ultimately a really strong advantage when we're ready to scale. And well, oftentimes when we see technological breakthroughs like autonomous vehicles, there's sort of a reverberating impact on other industries, meaning it changes the business model of other sectors. Is that the case here with the innovation that we're seeing in autonomous vehicles? I think you're going to see all sorts of interesting products and services that are layered on top or come out of AVs being introduced into society. AV is as close to artificial general intelligence as it gets in many ways, which is why we call this the tech challenge of our generation. Robotics and machine learning are also converging really rapidly right now. It's not only accelerating AV development, but also pushing the boundaries of the robotics field as it becomes one of the next frontiers for artificial intelligence. So with this, I think we're going to see a new kind of relationship between humans and machines, which I think is going to be super interesting for all of us going forward. And what do you think's next for autonomous vehicles? Am I going to summon a rideshare and get picked up in one in the near future? Am I going to be able to buy one for myself? Or is it going to be more of a kind of government piece of property that I ride, like public transportation? I think one of the most frequent questions I get these days from family and friends is, hey, when can I buy one of these things? And our ultimate goal at Cruise actually is to make personal car ownership obsolete. We're far away from that right now, but today cars still sit parked 95% of the time and have a limited lifespan, not to mention the disproportionate space we dedicate to them in our cities with big parking structures. So we're focused on rideshare as a better, more efficient and affordable transportation experience. And that's really where Cruises focus is right now. I have to admit, I was at the DMV, which for those that don't know is the Department of Motor Vehicles, the day I turned 17 to get my driver's license. So I'm excited by what you're saying, but there's a part of me that wonders whether there's going to be folks who still want to drive their own car. How do you think about that for folks who have been so used to driving their own car for so many years? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, people love cars, period. I love cars. A lot of our team does. The way I think about this is that I think about the transition that we made from horses to our first vehicles, right? And I think it's a good parallel that we might see in the future as well is that as more and more personal vehicles get phased out to some degree, we'll see this being kind of more of a hobby and people having an opportunity to 
actually get behind the wheel at some point in terms of some race cars and things like that. You know, they'll be able to get on the track and work on their cars and continue that hobby. But at the same time, we know that once Cruz achieves a level of superhuman performance, I think that there is almost an ethical obligation, right? You know, we don't want humans that are inherently flawed. They're going to make mistakes while driving to be on the road and be able to potentially cause disastrous situations when we know and we can demonstrate that autonomous vehicles wouldn't do that in those same scenarios. It's funny listening to your story there. I used to work with a colleague who said exactly that, that in the future, there will be these theme parks or these vast pastures of land where people can go and drive their cars, but the vast majority of us will be using autonomous vehicles. So, Will, I just have one last question for you, which was, what was your first experience like in a self-driving car? I was super excited to get into RAV at the beginning when I joined Cruise. I mean, I think that my biggest impression was that it was pretty boring. (laughs) It was very slow moving. It was cautious. And it felt really safe because of the fact that you were going around so slowly and everything. It just felt like you mentioned the DMV. It felt kind of like that DMV driver and how they would drive completely following all the rules, stopping perfectly at every stop sign, things like that. It was just kind of exciting to see that we humans could develop technology that could actually create that experience and do it so early on. It just feels very safe, very boring, which is kind of how we want it to be at the end of the day. Well, Will, you've shared a lot of great information. Best of luck with all the innovation that is going on at Cruise. And thank you so much for joining us today on The Bid. Thanks so much, Oscar. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. On our next episode of The Bid, we'll wrap up our Megatrends mini-series with Jeff Spiegel, head of U.S. Megatrend and International ETFs. We'll bring together all the megatrends we discussed in the first four episodes of our Megatrend miniseries and debate what's next in the space. We'll see you next time. This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by BlackRock, is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast, research, or investment advice, and is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by BlackRock to be reliable and are not guaranteed as to accuracy or completeness. This material may contain forward-looking information that is not purely historical in nature. There is no guarantee that any forecast made will come to pass. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. Past performance is not indicative of current or future results. This information provided is neither tax nor legal advice, and investors should consult with their own advisors before making investment decisions. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and you may not get back the amount invested. In the U.S. and Canada, this material is intended for public distribution. In the U.K., this is issued by BlackRock Investment Management U.K. Limited authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Registered Office, 12 Throgmorton Avenue, London, EC2N2DL. Telephone, plus 44-020-7743-3000. Registered in England and Wales, number 202-0394. For your protection, telephone calls are usually recorded. BlackRock is a trading name of BlackRock Investment Management UK Limited. In Singapore, this is issued by BlackRock Singapore Limited, co-registration number 2000-101-43N.
In Hong Kong, this material is issued by BlackRock Asset Management, North Asia Limited, and has not been reviewed by the Securities and Futures Commission of Hong Kong. In Australia, issued by BlackRock Investment Management Australia Limited, ABN 13-006-165-975, AFSL 230-523, BIMAL. The material provides general information only and does not take into account your individual objectives, financial situation, needs, or circumstances. In Latin America, this material is for educational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice nor an offer or solicitation to sell, or a solicitation of an offer to buy any shares of any fund. No securities regulators in Latin America have confirmed the accuracy of any information contained herein. The provision of investment management and investment advisory services is a regulated activity in Mexico, thus is subject to strict rules. For more information on the investment advisory services offered by BlackRock Mexico, please refer to the Investment Services Guide, available at www.blackrock.com mx. Copyright 2019, BlackRock Inc. All rights reserved. BlackRock is a registered trademark of BlackRock Inc. All other trademarks are those of their respective owners.